Well, I invite you to uh, turn over to our passage this morning. Over on page 3, you'll see 1 Peter 5. There are a number of different scriptures printed out in the, in the sermon outline, but 1 Peter 5 is our, our key text that we're going to work our way through. It's a part of our study that we've been doing this fall on the church and all her servants, trying to understand what the church is about, and, and flowing out of that, how God's people are called to be servants in the church. Last week, a really uh, important study from Paul's letter to the Corinthians what is the church? It's the body of Christ. And that affects how we think about service, because a body is made up of all different parts, each of which are critically important for the body to work and be maturing and growing. And so it is with the church, one body, uh, but a variety of different people with gifts. And, and so as we transition these next couple weeks to talk about a few specialized parts of the body, uh, it's good to remember we're not talking about uh, these are the important parts, and, and the rest, not so much. No, keep that body image. They're all important. They're all essential. Um, but we focus in uh, on a few individual uh, aspects. And this week, we're going to talk about elders. Lord willing, next week, about deacons. And First Peter 5 is a great passage to understand what, what elders are all about. So let's, let's read God's word together. So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would use your word to care for your sheep this morning. We pray that you would show us the, the glories of, of the good shepherd Jesus. And, and Lord, how to reflect that greatness, even in the midst of, of the everyday life of, of the Church of Christ. We pray that we would know Jesus better and reflect him better, because you use this, your word, this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So as we mentioned in the bulletin this morning, we're uh, hoping to have this congregational meeting in about a month, and thinking about, should we, uh, should we add an additional ruling elder, an additional deacon? And we're going to talk about deacons next week, but uh, today talking about elders, Right? If, we're, if we're going to consider an individual person, uh, thinking about Rob Joubert, you know, how do we decide whether God's calling this person to be an elder? Is it, is it simply, who thinks Rob's a good guy? More than that? Okay, then what? Uh, has God gifted as a particular part in the all parts are important, body of Christ, uh, has God gifted this particular part in, within this particular way to take this role uh, in his church? Uh, and so to do that, we've got to understand, okay, well, what exactly does an elder do? What exactly is, are the elders of the church to be all about? Uh, so it will help us understand what to, what to do at a congregational meeting. But even more than that, it, it, it will show us 
how God designs to care for his people, and ultimately will show us Jesus. It will help reflect the care of, of, of the good shepherd Jesus for, for each and every one of his people, whether that's elders uh, or, or, or non-elders, all of us, sheep in his flock. And so we'll learn more about Jesus even as we understand the work of elders. So let's get in. What are elders? What do they do? How do you understand them? We'll talk about the title, the task, the character, and then the hope. So first, just noticing the title. Um, verse 1, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder. So here's Peter. He's writing to this group of Christians in modern-day Turkey. And, and he's writing to them, and he's addressing a particular group uh, who are called to lead God's people, and he, he calls them elders. Uh, elders. It's actually where we get the term Presbyterian from. Uh, it's the Greek word presbyteroi, elders. So Presbyterian, rule, rule by elders. Um, it's a, to a task that goes way back, a role among God's people that goes way back, uh, all the way back to the days of Moses, you see God's people had elders. Remember, Moses takes God's people out of Egypt, and, and the work is too much for Moses to do. And, and here are this group of 70 elders who are given the, the spirit to be able to, to come alongside Moses to care for, for God's people there in the, in the wilderness. Uh, so it goes all the way back to the Old Testament. Uh, but then as you get to the New Testament, and God uh, is establishing the, the New Testament church of Christ, Jew and Gentile, uh, immediately you see uh, that there are elders that are appointed to care for God's people in the church. Uh, so I, I have on your outline there from Acts 14. This is Paul and Barnabas going out and planning some, uh, planting some of the newest churches in the New Testament. And what's one of the key things that they're careful to do? Uh, but appoint elders in every church. New group of God's people brought to faith, they're going to have elders uh, to care for them. Elders. Uh, well, the, the title implies maturity, elder. Uh, not, not exclusively a um, age maturity, though some often age helps, but not always. Uh, but a spiritual maturity. Uh, even, as, even as Peter says, uh, elders are supposed to be examples. So they're supposed to embody uh, a maturity in Christ and a maturing in Christ uh, to, the, to the flock. Uh, but there's other titles that are given in Scripture. As we read from Acts 15, Paul uh, talks to the elders and he also calls them overseers. Same group, same people. You could call them overseers. Um, I gave you another, some other words of the Apostle Paul in, in your outline in 1 Timothy 5. And this is a helpful verse because it, it shows us how that term elder in Scripture uh, embodies uh, two slightly different groups of people. Uh, and so here, see if you can catch these two slightly different groups of people. So let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. So the elders... All elders rule. We, we talked about that. Uh, all elders rule. Uh, and those who rule well, this is worthy of double honor. That means they can be paid. Uh, so some elders can be paid. Uh, and then he says, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. So you kind of see the, this under that one term, elder, two slightly different callings. Uh, so all elders rule. 
but some specialize in, in, in ruling, and others have this additional task of focusing in on preaching and teaching. So the one title, elder, and you have some who, who, who do the ruling, governing focus, and others who rule and also preach and teach, two different, slightly uh, different groups. So sometimes we even, in our circles, talk about ruling elders. Uh, there you would think of somebody like, like Chris, uh, ruling elder. And the other group you could say, sometimes we talk about teaching elders uh, or ministers of the word, those elders who rule, who lead in the church, but also especially focus in on preaching and teaching, think me. Uh, so one title, elder in scripture, but two slightly different uh, individuals, uh, giftings that are, that are described there. Now, sometimes people have debates about whether that's one office with two classes or is that two separate offices. That's not as much the point as understanding what Scripture is doing. It's using that title elder to refer to those who lead the church together uh, and some focusing on that ruling part and some have this additional focus on preaching and teaching. But they're all elders, uh, equal, uh, called to, because of their maturity, help to lead God's people and their gifting, help to lead God's people. It's probably helpful to notice that Paul uses the plural, excuse me, Peter uh, uh, uses the plural elders. You know, I, I exhort the elders among you. Uh, that's not just a one instance. You go throughout the, the scriptures um, from Old Testament to New Testament, and almost every single time, with very, very few exceptions, almost every single time elders are referred to, it's in the plural. Elders. Uh, Old Testament, elders. We read from Acts 14. Well, what did Paul do as, as they started new churches? But appoint elders, plural, more than one. Uh, we could go to Titus, where Paul is telling Titus to, to get things organized in the church there uh, on the island of Crete. Appoint elders, plural. Uh, that scripture calls the church to be led not by one individual, kind of the, the king of the group or something. No, but by a body of elders, plural, who work together. Um, I still remember this conversation, phone conversation I had with, with Ross almost 18 years ago. So almost 18 years ago, the, the, the idea for this church was just that. It was just an idea. And, and there was this thought, okay, church up in the Medford area, and it was starting to be suggested, well, well maybe Dave should lead, be the church planter, organizing pastor of this group. And my, my initial thought was, no. Uh, but but I, I was like, let me call Ross. So Ross at the time was working for the denomination as the general secretary for home missions. So helping helping young churches get started across the, the country. So he there's a guy who knows church planting. Says, Ross, I, they talked about me being the guy. Uh, I don't think, I think they got the wrong guy. And I explained to him what, what was kind of in my mind that, the picture of, of, a, of, a, of a church planter, an elder who does church planting, as, as kind of the, the John Wayne type, you know, the, the rugged, strong individual who jumps on his horse and, like, goes off in, uh, into the battle all by himself and kind of leads the... And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not John Wayne. Like, that's not me. And I still remember what Ross said. He said, no, we're Presbyterians. And so we believe what the Bible says about being Presbyterians, even in church planting, uh, which is, it's not one guy. Uh, it's, yeah, sometimes we have an organizing pastor, 
but always working together with a body of elders. So, so actually, uh, you're not looking for John Wayne who goes it alone. You want somebody who can work with other elders uh, and cannot just be a my way kind of guy, but instead, one who works in consensus and together, one who's, uh, who's yes, a leader, but also uh, who knows how to, to work in a plurality in a, in a group. Um, and so that's, that's not just helping to understand a little bit about what happened at Emmanuel 18 years ago, but it even helps us a little bit today as we think about, okay, should we have another elder? What kind of elder would we look for? Are we looking around the room and saying, okay, who's John Wayne here? Uh, no, actually. Um, not that there isn't such a thing as leadership gifts, yes, but the kind of biblical leader is, is one who works in a team, uh, one who's not about my agenda, uh, but working, well, what's the Lord calling us to do, both as, as a team of elders and as a, as a congregation as, as a whole? Someone who's a leader but humble enough uh, to work with other people, to learn from others, to work in a team, because elders are called to be those who work uh, in plurality, those who work as a group. So even just the term elders teaches us quite a bit. Well, let's even move there to the text. So what is this group of elders in an individual congregation called to do? Well, you can look at what, where Peter goes. Verse 2. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight. Uh, what is the work of elders like? Peter uses this vivid biblical image, shepherding of a flock, right? Painting this picture of, of God's people as, as sheep and God appointing shepherds to oversee them. Uh, that language also goes all the way back in the Bible. Moses is described as a shepherd to Israel. Joshua, similarly, as he leads God's people into the promised land, is described as a shepherd. King David is described as a, a shepherd. And of course, ultimately, uh, there's the shepherd Jesus, right? He is the shepherd, right? The good shepherd. Uh, verse 4, Peter ref quickly refers to him, uh, to calling him the chief shepherd, right? The one who, uh, who, who is the leader of God's people, uh, the one who cares, even to the point we know, from, we know from Scripture, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. There's the one who, who dies on the cross to bear the sins of his people, to rescue them and save them. There's the, the chief shepherd, uh, the good shepherd, Jesus. And elders aren't called to replace Jesus, but called to be uh, servants of Jesus in caring for Jesus' sheep. Right? They, 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 they minister in Christ's name. They serve and reflect the care of Christ. You might remember how Jesus himself talks to Peter about this task. Uh, so here's, here's John, the book of John, and it's the very, the very book of John where Jesus calls himself the, the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And at the end of book, the book of John, Jesus has done just that. He's laid down his life, he's gone to the cross to save his people, his sheep, uh, to save Peter, right? The very Peter who denies Jesus, right? The good shepherd pays for Peter's sins, too. But then in restoring Peter after the resurrection, what, is, what does Jesus say to him? Uh, he says to Peter, tend my sheep, 
feed my lambs, feed my sheep, tend my sheep. Right? So he's not saying that, that he's going to have a replacement, right? But, but one who ministers in, in Christ's name. Right? Peter is to tend Christ's sheep. And now here is Peter, some years later, in 1 Peter 5, writing to a group of elders and saying, yeah, I'm a fellow elder. I'm one who was called by Jesus to tend the sheep of Jesus. And you have that same call. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Not as a replacement of Christ, uh, but as one who cares in Christ's name. So what, what might that look like? Well, even just that language of shepherding kind of gives you a, gives you a sense of what, what it would look like. Uh, you, could, you could break it down into, into four, uh, four related tasks. They're there in your outline. It's not, not my, uh, my list. It's uh, my old professor, Tim Whitmer, who gleaned these. If they're scriptural, you see. Uh, what do shepherds do? They, they are those who are knowing, feeding, leading, and protecting God's sheep. And you can see how this flows right out of God's care for us. And elders are just called to reflect that. Um, so knowing the sheep. Oh, this is, how, this is how Christ cares for his people. Right? John 10. These verses are almost all in your outline there. John 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Right? A shepherd knows his sheep. So if a, an under-shepherd, an elder, is supposed to reflect Christ, then they're called to, to know the sheep. Uh, know not just their names in a particular congregation, but, but know the details of their, of their lives and the struggles that they're facing, the joys that are coming. Uh, to know where uh, where individuals are in their spiritual journey, uh, to know where you might be struggling, uh, where you might be growing, what your gifts might be, uh, what your passions might look like, uh, what are the weaknesses where you might be tempted. Uh, elders are called to, to know the sheep, not because not because they're nosy, because they're trying to reflect even just a little bit of Christ who knows the sheep. Knows the sheep. So they can feed the sheep, which is the, the next part of the part of the calling. Right? That's what Jesus does, right? What did we What did we sing earlier about the the Lord, my shepherd? He's the one who who makes his sheep lie down in green pastures and leads them to still waters, right? He feeds the sheep, green grass, clear water. That's what sheep need, and that's of course what God does. He He feeds us spiritually and strengthens us. So those who, who minister in Christ's name have that, have that calling. Um, my, uh, Jesus, as he talked directly to Peter after the resurrection, yeah, mentioned that feeding task twice. As he said to Peter, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. There's a key part of the work of, of Peter elder and, and fellow elders uh, is to make sure the sheep, Christ's sheep, are, are fed. Not physical food, of course, but spiritual food. Uh, God's word, uh, showing us the truth of God and, and the Savior Jesus. And so, key part of the work of elders is making sure the sheep are fed. So for those, those elders who do that, uh, that specializing in preaching and teaching, you can see the feeding element there uh, for, for a teaching elder, a minister of the word, focusing on, on preaching and teaching, feeding God's people. Uh, but even, even, even just uh, even ruling elders are called to think about how to feed the sheep, 
to make sure to facilitate the, uh, the pastor and his work of, of, of teaching, but also even elders ministering maybe one-on-one or in a Sunday school class, using God's word to care and encourage and feed uh, God's sheep. Uh, which flows right into leading the sheep. So elder shepherds are to know and feed and lead. That's what God does. Uh, Psalm 23, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so Christ calls under shepherds uh, to have this leading role. Uh, it's it, Even that language uh, of a shepherd, It's a you get this sense that it's a... Um, it's a gentle, caring leading. Uh, as as a, as I heard a couple years ago, uh, it's it's a shepherd. Uh, it's not it's not like a, a cowboy driving cattle from behind, but a shepherd who gently leads uh, from from in front. But there's still that there's that leading element that uh, that elders are called to do. Whether it's leading as a whole congregation, trying to to guide the church as a whole. Uh, not, not not doing all the work, uh, not managing, micromanaging every little bit, right? The whole body is called to work together, as we said last week. Uh, but having that having that uh, that overall guidance of a congregation, leading it in paths of righteousness. But also, there's a role for for shep for elder shepherds to to lead the individual sheep uh, through all the all the challenges and and uh, and and joys of life. Elders are called to see how, at this point, can, can we reflect God's care. It's, it's part of the, the real privilege uh, of, of being an elder, especially as you do it for longer periods of time, getting involved in every little part of, of, of life, right? Uh, just last week, it was, it was, it was uh, me in the role of being there at the front of the church as, as, as two people come together in marriage, and uh, getting to be able to be there when when little covenant children are born, <clears throat> getting to be there uh, as as kids grow up, uh, getting to be there through the challenges of old age, and yeah, even being there at, at the bedside uh, when when saints are just steps away from going home to be with the Lord, and thinking good elders are called in those moments. How do how do we reflect God's care? in leading God's people through each of those moments, each of those challenges, each of those joys, leading God's people. And in the midst of it, protecting. Uh, protecting, right? That's what the Psalm 23 shepherd does, right? The Lord, as the sheep go down in the valley and are vulnerable to attack, right? There's the, there's the shepherd with his rod and his staff. He's protecting them. It's what Paul did spoke of in our scripture reading this morning in Acts 20, uh, talking to the elders there in Ephesus, right? Be careful. There's going to be wolves attacking. So he says to the elders, watch out. Be careful for yourselves and the flock. Now that's part of the calling of elders, is to, is to protect God's sheep. Protect it from outside attack. If there's, uh, if there's spiritual danger, there's false teaching, there's, uh, there's, there's uh, just something that, that can disrupt holiness and sin, uh, out there in the world to try to protect and encourage God's people, warn them. Uh, even individual uh, protection, right? God's people uh, have are given elders in part to be able to encourage them and help them when there's danger to be able to say, you know, watch out. Uh, watch out uh, in, in individual lives. Even, even at times, if, if sheep wander off, 
significantly wander off out of the flock, and that sadly happens. But it's the calling of, of elders to be able to go after the wandering sheep, lovingly, like, like Christ would, but in order to bring them back. Uh, Brother, you're wandering off. Come back. Turn around. Uh, protecting the sheep, even from, even from themselves. Let's then, so that you get the task, right? It's knowing, it's leading, it's feeding, it's protecting the sheep. I want to talk quickly about the character of, of elders. We're actually going to do a whole sermon, Lord willing, on, uh, on 1 Timothy 3 and the qualifications for elders and deacons that Paul lays out there, which focuses in on character. Uh, but you see how Peter makes it a key point that he brings up with the elders there uh, that he's speaking to. <clears throat> their character in the midst of their work. So verses 2 and 3. Their, their ministry is to have a very particular uh, character heart. So he says, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Elders are to have Christ-like character, right? Not motivated by what they can get, uh, what they can take, uh, but, but seeking to, to give, right? So it's a servant leadership, which is why it can't be marked by uh, domineering, Peter says. It can't be domineering leadership. Uh, he probably learned that particular one from Jesus, because uh, you might remember Jesus talks to the apostles, including Peter, about what it looks like to be leaders in the church. What does it look like to be uh, his kind of leaders? And he uses actually that very same word, domineering. It's the passage that's that's printed out from Mark 10. Jesus saying to Peter, among the others, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. It's Peter's word, domineering. You know how the world does it. They domineer in their leadership. The great ones exercise authority over you, over them. But it shall not be among you, right? You, leaders in the church. Uh, Peter, fellow elder, uh, what is this supposed to look like? But whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be slave of all. And then he gives the reason and the key example. He points to himself. For even as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See, this is why there's no room for, for self-serving elders, for self-exalting elders, right? Because they're supposed to reflect Christ. Uh, and, and what did Christ show up to do? Not to exalt himself, uh, but to, to give his life. Uh, probably not a coincidence that Paul or Peter opens our 1 Peter 5 passage by talking about himself as a fellow elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, right? He's saying, like, I actually saw it with my eyes. That Christ came not, not to be served. He came to suffer, to give, uh, to give his life. Uh, and, and elder shepherds, if they're to, to minister that gospel, to reflect that Jesus, they're to, to walk in those, those paths, not showing up to be served, uh, but to serve. I, I ran across this really, really powerful challenging quote this week. Uh, something Charles Spurgeon wrote to a, to a, a young leader in the church. <clears throat> Spurgeon, a great preacher uh, in England in a previous generation. And he writes to this 
individual about to start his leadership in the church. And here's what he writes. He says, my brother, you are called to be a shepherd to this people. I bid you in God's name, be a real shepherd, not a sheepdog forever growling and barking at their heels and snapping at their feet, nor a pet lamb uh, being fondled as a mascot or being patted on the head when it gives pleasure or, or needs pity, but a shepherd, strong, leading, loving, caring, bleeding, even dying for the sheep. And when they, the, the people, the sheep, and when they meet the chief shepherd, they shall say, we have seen his like in the man God sent us. Did you catch that? Wow. The sheep, when they go to meet the chief shepherd, shall say, we have seen his like in the man God sent us. That's, that's a little bit terrifying for, for elders, that calling. Um, it's also, what a, what a wonderful, powerful, privileged calling that is. And, and honestly, probably that's a good way to, to think, okay, what might a, what an elder look like? It's probably someone who takes in a quote like that, takes in a calling like that, and is at the same time uh, excited about the privilege and also terrified of the responsibility. So you kind of kind of can get those two in one, uh, excited and terrified. That's probably the kind of person who's actually called uh, to this work. But what a calling. And, and immediately has a saying, well, who in the world is sufficient for these things? Uh, well, that's why we probably need to end with the hope. The hope for elder shepherds and the hope for all of us. Uh, notice how Peter ends the passage talking about Jesus. There's our hope. Right? And when the chief shepherd appears, he will receive the un you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Right? The chief shepherd. Right? There's, there's our hope. There's the ultimate hope. Uh, it's in Jesus. There's, there's the hope for the sheep. Uh, we, we mentioned this uh, a few weeks ago, but it's, it's important to probably to bring it up again. The ultimate hope for the, for the people of the church, uh, your ultimate safety and hope is, is not that I really hope we got good leaders who aren't going to let us down. Because uh, the truth is, uh, uh, even the best of elders is human, sinful. Elders will, will let you down. Uh, they will disappoint. Sadly, sometimes horribly disappoint. And God promises that he's going to uh, hold leaders accountable. Uh, and and he, he says it right out. Uh, we could go to other scriptures. Uh, but, but even so, we remind ourselves that our ultimate hope and safety as sheep isn't, isn't in human leaders. Isn't in elder shepherds. It's in the chief shepherd. Uh, right there, those uh, wonderful words of Jesus from John 10. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Right? There's, there's, our, there's our ultimate hope. Not that a human uh, might or might not let us down, but, but that the chief shepherd says, no one's going to snatch my sheep from my hand. That's why we're all safe in Christ. Uh, and that's the hope for, uh, for everyday uh, individuals. It's also the great hope for elders, that elder shepherds are also sheep. Uh, they're saved by the shepherd, 
and they're also preserved by the shepherd and led by the shepherd. Um, it, it's, it is interesting to see where, where Peter says he's, he's leading them, right? Verse 4, uh, when the shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory, that there is this blessed reward for those who, uh, who serve Christ, uh, Christ's care, uh, Christ's sheep. Did, you can kind of notice the shape of it, though, the direction of it, though. Uh, that the calling for elders is to give their lives and then receive the glory, right? To, to go low in, in giving and serving, and there at the end, there's this raised up and glory at the end. That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Right? Who came not to be served, but to serve. He goes to the lowest place, and then he's exalted in glory, right? That's what, what elder shepherds are called to do, follow that same path. It's actually what every believer is called to do. Uh, we're called to be those uh, who, what do we read this morning? It's more blessed to give. Right? We're called to be those who lay down our lives, taking up our cross and following Jesus, knowing that he, he raises us up, glory to come. Uh, and that's our hope for all of us. Uh, and hope because not just that's the, that's the thing we're to do, but if it's really the way of Jesus, we can be really confident that we're not doing it alone Right? Whether it's everyday believer or elder called to this special work, we're not going to do it alone. If we're following the path of Jesus, we can be confident he's with us on that path. That we have his spirit strengthening us to do that very thing. So it's not just us, uh, just you, just me. It's, it's us connected to Christ. Us having that spirit that enabled Jesus to go to the lowest place and serve uh, and raised him up to the highest place. That's the spirit we have uh, in us. So when you start to talk about understanding elders from Scripture, you get quite a bit, don't you? Uh, yes, you, you get get some details on, okay, we got to have somebody in charge around here, somebody doing something. Yeah, okay, it helps us organize the church. But even more importantly than that, or in the midst of that, it, it shows us our hope. It shows us Christ. Uh, which shows us the one who, who perfectly cares for us, who perfectly feeds us, who perfectly leads us, and the calling that really all of us have uh, to follow him and to, and to reflect him, uh, strengthened by his grace. So let's pray. Father, we do pray that you would, you would care for your sheep. Uh, you would watch over each and every one of us as you promised to do. Um, we pray, Lord, that you would for the sake of your name and the, and the sake of your, your people, raise up uh, elders, even in our midst, uh, Lord, to, to work together, to care, uh, and reflect Jesus. And those who are called to this task, Lord, would you, would you strengthen them by your grace to, to be growing in this Christ-likeness, Lord, that will never be perfect this side of heaven, but we pray, Lord, that you increase it to your glory. All in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.